Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, church. Wow, guys, thank you. Father Siabong, Siabong, what an amazing morning. Great testimony from Mauritius. Thank you. Yeah, power of prayer, power of prayer, power of prayer. I remember this around late last year when we spoke about prayer. I'm not sure who said it, but it was like, you pray here and your prayer goes where you cannot get to. And it does what it must do because you prayed. Come on. Yeah, so we thank God for the testimonies. Uh, we really thank God. Masate shared a very powerful testimony last week. We thank God for that. Church, we continue this morning. Yeah, so I will not introduce myself this morning, but uh, you will have to ask the person sitting next to you, who am I? If they do not know me, it is well. He is Lord. Amen. You just tell that person that Jesus is Lord. It is okay if you don't know his name. So, yeah, I'm really not introducing myself. Amen. Is that biblical? Okay, I don't think it is. My name is Sobs. Jesus, Jesus definitely introduced himself when he got here. So my name is Sobs, and I love the Lord. Amen. Yeah, so we continue with our series this morning, Miracles. Miracles. Say miracles. miracles. Ah, man, come on. I've never been so expected for a miracle like, like until now. Like, I've always heard about miracles. Like, yeah, miracles. I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen people getting healed. I've thought it was staged at some point. Maybe it wasn't staged. Maybe it was. But I've been like, no, me and miracles. I'm like, Lord. So as a result, when, when, when we pray, when I pray, I wouldn't even mention the word miracle. I'm like, Lord, I'm just trusting you for healing, Lord. Lord, you better do this. Like, but the word miracle or the thought of miracle would not just come up. And now we're doing this series, and now I'm preaching about miracles. I'm like, Lord, miracles, bring it! You know, I'm so, I'm so excited. So I hope you're as excited as I am, as Wayne is, and as everyone preaching is, because, wow, it's going to be a year of miracles. I was just remembering that last year we spoke about abiding, and the benefits of abiding, and all of that. And this just like, it just fits in so perfectly. Now that we've abided, now let's trust God for a miracle. Come on. So, so, so we continue with that series. But before we do that, yeah, I just want to thank God for my miracle. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I've got a miracle in my life. Yo, Lord is amazing. The Lord is amazing. And she's kind of blocking me today like, baby, there's my miracle, guys. There's my miracle. Yo. Come on. Come on. For those who do not know her, that's Dando, non Dando. She's the only one, Mama Waike, and she's the only one in my life. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, yo, guys, she's a miracle. She's a miracle. You know, I, I look at her, the role she plays at home. When I'm out there running, she holds the home still. She holds me still as well. When I get off track, you know, she's just a miracle. You, you know, when the Bible says, He who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord. It's like favor that just keeps unpacking itself every year. And you're like, Lord, I thought I was going to be the spouse of the year this year, and she takes it. And, you know, like for the past 10 years, I've been gunning for that, for that title, spouse of the year. Every year, she just takes it. Every year. So, yeah, I feel defeated already. The year has just touched it, and she's done it again. And I've got 11 months. I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. I can't. After what she's done, so she's my miracle. Baby, you're my miracle. And... 
Yeah, you're my miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's my miracle. Uh, and I, I'm saying this because we all have got these miracles around us. You know, we've got so many of these miracles. Your sibling, your spouse, you know, your parents, your colleagues. And you just look at this relationship, the friendship, and you're like, Lord, I didn't deserve this. Like, it's so, it's so amazing. You cannot even put... You, you can't say much and you're just in awe of what God has done. So we are continuing with these miracles. I mean, yeah, so miracles. So Pastor, Pastor Wayne preached on stable connection. So, so my miracle questioned me, Pastor Wayne, yesterday. She's like, guys, why is it before you guys preach, you just have to go back to the previous sermon, you know? And, and then I asked, I'm like... Love, why is it when these series start, they always go on the previous episode, you know? So, so, so that was me winning that conversation with no comeback. So, we have to go back, you know what I'm saying? We have to go back, okay? So, Pastor Wayne started the series three, three weeks ago, and she was... He introduced the series, and we... ...about... Okay, so, so week one, one of first week, we spoke about stable connection, how we need to have a stable connection and be connected to the Lord. Week two, Mom Trisha comes up and she becomes Mom Trisha as always. She gets everyone involved in her preaching. Amen. So we all got involved and we started praying for each other, but she was talking on healing. And then the mother of mothers, Mom Knox, Mom Jamini, Mom Genesis, she comes in last week. You know, she comes in last week, she brings it, you know, she brings it and she speaks about the 5,000 men. Now, what we need to remember about the 5,000 men, we've got Mark, not Mark Basher, we've got Mark in the Gospels who speaks about how these men had their families there also. And I'm like, oh Lord. So now... The mathematician inside me is like thinking, probably each man had a wife, probably the, each family had at least one kid. So I don't want to say 15,000 uh, people were there, I'm going to keep it to 5,000 and be like the authors, 5,000 and the families because I cannot comprehend what was happening there. But a miracle happened, irregardless. So we spoke about those 5,000 last week, so we continue. but. In that speaking, there's something that I hope we've all noticed in all these miracles. One thing, there's a group of people who are always witnessing these miracles. Like wherever Jesus is, these guys see this miracle. And they've, they probably have got something to say in some instances, but there's a build-up happening. Say build-up. There's a build-up happening. Whenever Jesus performs, they see. And these are the disciples. Say disciples. The disciples, they see everything. He's healing, they are there. He's taking out people out of the temple, they are there. He's turning water into wine, they are there. They are always there. And I want us to zoom in what is happening inside of them. Because before we get into our main scripture for this morning, which is in John 6, 
we have to rewind and just to zoom in their lives because for me, as much as Jesus is Lord over all of this, I'm like, no, Jesus, the disciples here have went through a lot with you and how you brought them purposefully to witness what you've been doing. So church, I want us to just go back briefly and look at the disciples. But before I do that, I can't not conform to the pattern of this church. Hallelujah. It is not of this world. And someone from another African tribe must read the Bible. Hallelujah. So I'm going to conform to the pattern of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. So Mampashi is going to come up. And while she comes up, we give her a hand. We give her a hand and encourage her. Come on, Mampashi. You come up. You come up. Okay. All right. So she's going to read. Okay. Thank you. She's going to read. And... Um, yeah, she's going to read in Kosa. Amen. Yeah. Come on, Mampa. Over to you. Morning, church. Morning. Morning. Um, chapter 6, verse 14 to 21. Bagu bona abandu lomkondiso uyesu awenzileyo bati ngenene kuteka ndinguye lo umshumayeli obekade elindelo wakonda uyesu okokuba bazimiselo ukuza mtata bamenze ukumkani waza uemka waya entabeni eyedwa kwati kwakushwa abafundi baka yesu besa baya elwadi bakwela isikichana baluwela uluwadi besia ekapana humu Nangona kwa busuku uyesu wayenge kubo. Amanzi olwandle ayesilwa kuba kwa kufutuza umoya. Kwati bako babekube ikilomita ezintlanu okanye ezintandatu. Bebeka isikichana babona nango uyesu. Ehamba pezu kwa manzi olwandle. Esonde. Boyigake kodwa uyesu wati kubo. Dim sanuko yiga Babamkela ke Isikichana esi Kwati kwa ngogo Isikichana safiga kulonda Babesia kuyo Malibongo yika malikosi Amen Amen I'll read it in English Amen When the people saw him do his miraculous signs They exclaimed Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Now, this is the last episode of feeding the 5,000. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. 16 to 21. This is the heart for this morning. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified. But he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. And immediately they arrived in their destination. This is the word of the Lord. 
Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Oh, Baba, it is with Lako. We thank you for your word this morning. Let your word work in our hearts. Let your word work in our minds. Let your word work in our bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are here, Lord. Your servants are listening. Speak to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, now we get to chapter 6 of John, but prior to this, there's a story I want us to take us through. But I'm going to be very brief because we need to come back to John 6. And this is where the miracle is happening. So now if we look at John chapter 1, there, so most of this will not come up the slide. So I'm going to just be throwing in some nugget. John chapter 1, we know in the beginning, Jesus is the word and the word was with God. And we know that whole story. We know it very well. Okay. If you don't know it, it's in John chapter 1. We also know that this is now what, how John sees Jesus. John says, look, the Lamb of God. Now, I need you to take note of that. Now, everything I'm going to be saying, it's a build up to John 6. So John says, look, the Lamb of God. Now, also, verse 35, in the same, in the same, in the same chapter, we see John the saying to his disciples, he says again, look, the Lamb of God. Say, Lamb of God. Now, John was telling this to his disciples, who some of his disciples ended up following Jesus. Amen. Now, Andrew, we just keep going in chapter 1. Andrew then tells his brother, Simon, that we have found the Messiah. That is Christ. Say, Messiah. Now, John says, look, the Lamb of God. Andrew is like, we have found the Messiah. That is Christ. It just keeps going. Now, Andrew is a disciple of Jesus. John becomes the disciple. Now, Philip tells Nathaniel. He says, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So, John, Lamb of God, Andrew says the Messiah, we found Christ, and Philip now says Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Then, Nathaniel then says, hallelujah, come on guys. Now, 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 let's just pause here. Philip tells Nathaniel, but Philip is saying to Nathaniel, son of Nazareth, right? Now, Nathaniel says something else. Now, Nathaniel then says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Yet that's not what Philip said to Nathaniel. So I find this so interesting that these disciples, they are about to start a journey with Jesus, but they have different perspective of who he is. But thankfully they follow him anyway. But they are confused. They are not united in their perception of, of who Jesus is. And what I found interesting is Jesus says nothing. It's like, okay, bring it, bring it, bro. Like, okay, I get you. But knowing Jesus, he was going somewhere. And he was going to unpack it as he went. Now, we can all see that the disciples had a different understanding. We keep moving. We move to chapter 2. The first, the first miracle starts. Jesus turns wine into water. 
The disciples are invited there with Jesus. Oh, it's the other way around. I was checking who came on that first Sunday. So, basically, we see a miracle here of water turned into wine. Did I get that correct? All right, cool. So, we see that happening. The disciples are guests. The servants are working. Mary is facilitating. What an amazing mother Mary was. Amen to amazing mothers. Now, the Bible then says in John 2.11, his disciples put their faith in him. On the same chapter 2, it then says his disciples put their faith in him. Now, this then tells me that prior this, probably faith was not put in Jesus. We had a not it, it just tells, gives me that because prior this, no faith is mentioned. A miracle happens, then the, Jesus, the disciples put faith in him. But okay, all right, we we'll see you. We we'll see you, son of Nazareth. We we'll see you, Lamb of God. We we'll see you, and so and so. Everyone, they are seeing him, but now faith is being put onto him. Another version says, at this point, at this point, come on, come on, where are you? His, yeah, it, it says his disciples believed in him. Amen. Verse 12. We keep going. Verse 12. Jesus clears the temple. So we know what happens here. Jesus clears the temple. He takes a stick. He whips people. The disciples are watching. I'm like, oh Lord, what is happening? Lamb of God. Are you really whipping people out of the temple? You know, so it, for me at that moment, I'm like, the disciples are like, who are we following really now? You know, who are we really following? You know, it goes on. Verse 17 then says, after clearing the temple, it then says, his disciples remembered what is written. And this is what is written. It will come up. Zeal for your house will consume me. Now, at this point, the disciples remember what is written. So there's a build up. Wedding, their faith built up. Now, he's whipping people. They remember what is written. I'm bringing the disciples here. They are, they, are, they are my key guest speakers. Church, come on, you have to journey with them. Chapter 3, Nicodemus visits Jesus at night. Now, it is at night. So, we assume here and we believe that the disciples are sleeping. Okay. Jesus spends more time with the disciples and baptizes them. This is chapter 3, John chapter 3. Baptizing, spends time with his disciples, and also his disciples are baptizing. We move to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we meet the amazing lady, the Samaritan woman by the well. Jesus meets the woman. We know the story. But the disciples at this point, they're in town. They went to buy food. Okay. I hope this encourages, encourages you to read the book of John. Now, they go to buy food. They come back. They find Jesus. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is talking to this woman and they keep quiet. In that keeping quiet, the woman then goes like, I've just met Jesus, and the disciples are like, please eat. And Jesus refuses to eat. This is the part where Jesus says, my food, it is what I am doing. It is the work of the Lord. Now, the woman leaves. Then Jesus starts preaching. The second miracle comes up, the healing, the government officials. Jesus heals the men by the pool. Mom Trisha touched on this. Jesus supports his claim. Jesus is the son of God. Chapter 6. Say chapter 6. Now, we are where we should be. Now, chapter 6. Mom Lamini spoke about it last week. Chapter 6. 
Jesus asked Philip, Philip, what are we going to do with these guys? We know what happened last week, those who came on Sunday and those who watched online. Philip looks at his leg. Now there's this guy, Andrew. No one asked Andrew, but he speaks. No one asked Andrew, but he speaks. And he speaks out of leg. No faith. Don't, don't. He speaks out of leg. We do not have enough food. We thank God for Andrew because he spices up that whole scene and he just puts drama on the leg. But we, are, we really don't have. I hope you had Philip Jesus, you know. Now, the disciples reply from a place of no, knowing who is really asking. They don't know who's asking. Remember, prior to this, they thought they knew him. Lamb of God, son of Nazareth, and all of that, and all of that. Now, verse 14. Say verse 14. This is verse 14 now of what you spoke about last week, Sunday. And now, this verse 14 will now usher us to John 6, 16. It says, surely, this is the prophet who is come to the world. Now, who is saying this? This is last week, Sunday, the 5,000. It's everyone there. They are saying, surely, this is the prophet. Now, the disciples are quiet. Remember, the disciples have always been confused before that. I wouldn't say confused, but they had different names of how they perceived Jesus. Now, they are hearing another name, how Jesus is perceived, and they say nothing. So, to me, them saying nothing, it then says, could they be considering what everyone is saying? Because they do not seem to be challenging that notion, and they are quiet. I do know, though, during this time, they are picking up crumbs and filling up the baskets. So it could be when we get to heaven, they will tell us that, no, we were going to reply or agree with those people. But for now, we are here on earth. We have been met with them. We will assume they, are, they were in agreement because they said nothing. The disciples are quiet. Now, now that we've had a background of the disciples, say disciples. Let's go to John 6, 16 to 21. But now, before we read... John 6, 16 to 21, I want to make a disclaimer. We've got Matthew and Mark. They are writing about the same story, but they are writing with different spices. They are putting in some, a number of spices into the story. Now, I do not want you, when you read those, and you think that they are contradicting each other. They were not. They were all writing from different perspectives. And this is the beauty of the Bible. It just shows the authenticity and the, the realness of the Bible that these were real people, not at the real time, and not at the, at the same time, but they were all witnessing it. And they were looking for what mattered to them and their audiences. So Mark's audience is not the same as Matthew, and Matthew's audience is not the same as John. So when you read these read them from that understanding so as a result part of this i'm gonna be bouncing back and forth to what they picked up which john doesn't mention because john here seems to be a very specific man he seems to be very a man who is straight to the point amen now let's read again john 6 16 to 21 now if you have a bible you can spend some time there because we're going to be camping here for a while that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat. Now, that evening, so it was evening, 
Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. So they waited for him. Verses prior this, it doesn't say that Jesus says, wait for me. But another Matthew records that Jesus asked them to go across the lake. Okay. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon, Travis came. No, no, no. A gale swept down upon them. And, they see, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles. That's like four kilometers to six kilometers roughly. When suddenly they saw Jesus walking on water towards the boat, they were terrified, Uncle Malcolm. But he called out to them, don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. And immediately they arrived at their destination. Amen. Now, we're going to spend some time here. Now, what I want us to remember here, these guys are sailing. One, we've got fishermen in there. Some of the disciples there were fishermen. Simon and Andrew were fishermen. James and Zebedee were fishermen. So they've done sailing. They have been here before. It's not new. Number two, they have been through a storm before. But that storm, they had Jesus inside the storm. So basically, they've been through a storm before. One of the things Umam Knox touched on last week was, God is going to use what you have. He is not going to, he, he, he most likely will not use anything that you, ha, you do not have within your vicinity or influence. God is going to use our careers. God is going to use our workspaces. God is going to use where we are in school, wherever we are. God is going to use what we have. And God here, we see Jesus here, he's using their experience. He's using basically what they have. The disciples have been through the storm before and they were with Jesus. So, these men have been where they are, except that Jesus is not there with them. So, Jesus sends them. But now, in his sending them, let's just zoom into the men he's sending. These men are going across the lake. They have just fed 5,000 men and their families. Now, 5,000 men and their families, each disciple probably made sure that 400 people ate. If you take that 5,000 then you divide it by 12, I'm not going to count Jesus at this point, but roughly we're looking at each disciple had to make sure that 400 men minimum ate. So the, the disciples going across are tired. I would be tired. They are human. They are tired. That's one. Also, they are confused. Because right now, prior to this, they were thinking that Jesus is that. And now, just when people are full with bread, they say they're prophet. So, at this point, I'm thinking confusion. They are confused. Oh, he's now a prophet. He's just fed 5,000. But I thought he's a lamb of God. But I thought he's son of Nazareth. What is happening? Now, also, they, at least the good thing with them at this point they, 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 pro, they have 12 baskets of leftovers with them. So food security is sorted. Because we do not see, after they picked up the crumbs, we don't know what happened to those baskets. So I'd like to assume that the, the baskets are with them, but let's go and study further. Okay, so at least they've got food. But now, assuming that the food baskets are with them, I'm thinking already, this is weight to the boat. This is more weight to the boat. 
Remember, they went through the storm. Now you have more weight and you're going through a storm. It just gets more dramatic. We are just understanding the disciples at this point. Before rowing, they had waited for Jesus. So at this point, they've got mixed emotions. Uncertainty at this point. They do not know where he is. It is the first time Jesus is missing in action. Ever since Jesus picked them up, it's the first time, if probably you were to ask them at that point, I don't know where Jesus is. I don't know. But they go. Now, I love the fact that they go because before this, Jesus had said to them, let's go across the, go across the lake. So they go irregardless. They do not know how Jesus will get to the other side. They don't know how Jesus will get to the other side. Because if you look at the Sea of Galilee, which we will, there's a river. And then the river feeds into the sea. So they don't know how he's going to get there. But they are going. To top it all up, it's dark. We are tired. We don't know where he is. We don't know how he'll get there. It's dark. No lighthouse. No other boats mentioned. So they are alone. Not only it's dark, but they are alone. And they are about to start this journey. Now they are starting this journey with one thing that at least they agree on. That Jesus said, let's go across the lake. They are starting this journey in a state of confusion, uncertainty, not sure what's happening. Is he a prophet? Is he the son of God? Who is this man? And one of the questions I want us to ask ourselves right now is, have you ever been in a place of darkness? Have you ever been in a place of, Lord, okay, Lord, I, I don't know what you're doing now. Have you ever been in a place of, Lord, I am tired. But you said I must do this, Lord, but I am very tired. I have served in church. I have served my colleagues. I am finished. But it, and now it's dark. You are alone. But you had Jesus. Jesus said, take that job. Jesus said, start that business. Jesus said, do that course. Jesus said, make those kids. Jesus said, marry her, marry him. And now it's dark. You are tired. And have you ever been in that place? Have you ever waited for Jesus? You do not see Jesus coming through. But he said, do it. And now you don't see him coming through. Yet he said, do it. Have you ever been in that place? And if you've never been... Because this year we are also trusting God for miracles. Unfortunately, we're going to go through those phases in life. And let this be something that's going to remind you this year that what did, it, what did Jesus say to you? He said, that position, you took that promotion, you resigned, you did that sabbatical, you listened to so and so, and now you are alone. You don't see Jesus. You've waited for him. You still don't see him. This is what Fanny Fleck then says. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Amen. So, now, this is the point. This is where most people at this slide, where you find that there are those cartoons where you are digging, 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 digging. And when you are just about to stop you were like a few centimeters to the gold. 
And at that time when you walk away, someone comes, digs once, and takes the gold. We've seen that picture. Now, this is at this point where I relate with Fanny Flag, where she says, don't give up before the miracle happens. Now, before this, we've got to understand that the disciples haven't went through the storm yet. Already, before the, the storm even starts, they are tired. Before the storm starts, it's dark. They don't know how Jesus will get there. They, they don't know where he is to top it all up. They don't know what he's doing where he is because he didn't tell them that I'm going there to pray. All they know is he said, let's go across. A miracle is coming for you. A miracle is coming for us, church. A miracle is coming for us. In a place where we do not know how the month will end, but we know Jesus says, stay. A miracle is coming. In a place where you are alone and you do not know what to do, a miracle is coming. In a place where you are in a state of confusion, should I go, should I not go, should I do what? A miracle is about to happen. Hold on, do not give up. Hold on and hear what Jesus has said. Now, they start the journey. They start the journey. The gale sweeps upon them. I wish Travis was here. I had fun reading this word, gale. You know, I was like, Travis is famous. You know what I'm saying? So, so the gale sweeps. The gale sweeps. Now, a gale, a gale. If I'm standing here, I can't stand when the gale comes. So, so for those who do not know, there's a wind, it's windy, and then there's a gale force wind. Okay, all right. So for the sake of time, I, I, don't, I, I won't be putting up a video to see that, but the gale sweeps upon them. The wind is against them. Sea grows very rough. It is the fourth watch. Kubi, Akotilula, Ziakala, Anje, Anje. It is bad. It is bad. An hour-long trip has become roughly a nine-hour trip. They are stuck. Now, let's zoom back. Before this, you remember, they were tired. And now this is happening and like, no, 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 come on. Really? <sighs> really? Like we took him by his word. He went missing. We didn't rebel. We went anyway because we stood on his word. And now we are in a storm. And this storm, it's not just a storm. It's a gale force storm. Ah! And we are rowing. There's no engine to drive this boat. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Already, the 12 of us, we are not united on who you are. We've got tax collectors, fishermen here. We are just, even us, trying to figure ourselves out. Then the wind hits against us. The sea is hitting against us. <sighs> In the darkness, we don't have lights. Now, no one is mentioning a full moon, so there's no full moon at this point of reading. Unless we see the book of John later on say there's a full moon, but right now there's no full moon. It's dark. There's no phone to touch. Nothing. Kuraf. Oh, we've been here before. We've been here, and some of us are here right now. And many of us are going to be here. Where you're like, I am finished. 
Already, guys, the rowers will know. Unfortunately, Travis is not here, but at least Wayne will know that when you row, it takes a lot out of you. A lot out of you. The muscle you are using, you are, you, you are trying to keep still, and you are using muscle, and you need to be in sync in this rowing. Go be. Go bed. Lola. Oh, Lord. I'm reminded of a testimony. This year, in my house, um, there were severe rainstorms in December last year. Uh, thankfully, my wife says, I'm and we've got insurance here. Why don't you claim from insurance? I'm like, oh, you're actually right as always. So I call the insurance. I tell them, hey, this is what just happened. And then I tell them the story. December, they don't reply. I keep following up. Uh, Similar, same old story, but every time I follow up, I'm being delayed, I'm being delayed, I'm being delayed. This time I call, oh, then I hear about Hello Peter, so I'm like, ah, I'm coming for these guys now. I'm like, Hello Peter, username, register, you know? And then I see many complaints. Oh, I'm like, ah, man, these guys are bad. So even if, and I look at the, these are all recent uh, Hello Peter comments, I'm like, okay, who am I now? So I'm like, anyway, Hello Peter is there, boom. And we are fasting at that time, like, hey, Jesus, but I'm in trouble. Someone must get this thing sorted because it's bad. So I complain. Weeks later, I follow up again. Thankfully, someone calls me back. So someone calls me back, and they tell me that um, uh, we have been declined. Uh, they're not going to pay for it. So this is what I asked the lady. So I asked this lady. So basically, she tells me that the assessor saw and the assessor that, the assessor that, the assessor saw some negligence in us. I'm like, okay, fine. Jesus is Lord. Amen. It's okay. Uh, you saw negligence. Um, so I'm like, okay. And then I ask him, do you trust the assessor? Because you have not come and the assessor is there. You are there. Do you trust the assessor more than me at this point in time? Because I'm paying you monthly. And so I'm asking that nicely, politely, because Jesus loves me and I love Jesus, you know. So she replies, she says, yes, and eventually she drops the call and we're done and I'm very angry. So I find a colleague to, to just speak out because I, I didn't express the anger to her. So the anger is still there. So I call the colleague and I just give the colleague, I'm like, how can insurance do this? I'm just, and then he relates and then we're like, we're all relating gang against your insurance and now I get home, I tell my wife I'm like baby that's that, I call Mark Mark is like ah bajan they're like that you know, so I'm like okay fine let me just make peace, everyone's just complaining about these guys, following day following day, the insurance lady calls me and at this time I'm like end of the month, they're not going to debit my account again, I'm done with these guys. Because prior to this, for two years, every time I made a claim, they always rejected it. So even now, I'm like, this is, this is the third one. You are still rejecting it, and you keep seeing faults on me. So why don't I just stop this insurance, and have my own insurance, and, and just insure myself, basically, with Jesus, and just fix this house ourselves, you know? So I'm ready to cancel the insurance at this point in time. The lady calls, and he's like, Mr. Mtua, we have decided to finance the claim. Just like that. Guys, just like that. Like, literally, she calls me back and she's like, we have decided to refinance the claim. And she asked me, so, well, how do you want us to fix it? And so forth and so forth. 
And I'm like, and then I look at that colleague, I'm like, how am I going to start this conversation with this colleague now? <laughs> you know, but this was my miracle this month. And for us, it was at a point where we did not know how the roof is going to be repaired because the rains have been building up in January. And we're at a point where we're like, if it means we go to that temp thing you normally talk about, baby, that screenshot that comes up, hey, you qualify for this, because we're at that point where we're like, the rains are pouring, the cupboards are getting finished inside, this thing has to be fixed. The insurance comes through when we were about to take things on our own. And we see this thing similar to these guys, where they've went through the storm, they are in the storm, they don't know what to do, the wind is hitting, they don't know how this trip is going to end. And in that, we see that Jesus all along is watching. Jesus is watching them. And Matthew speaks about this, but when we go through the storm, Jesus sees the storm. And it is at this point where we knew, and it was around the time we were praying and fasting in church, trusting God for a miracle. This was our miracle where we were like, Lord, you see our thoughts. You see what we're trying to do with our own strength. And you're like, no, 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 I've got you. And I'm going to do this in a way that you've never witnessed it before. I'm going to do this in a way that even when you tell someone, they're going to be like, you must know someone there. How can that be? So I want to show you the Sea of Galilee. So these guys, back to the disciples, these guys are traveling. As you can see, the green spot there. That's how close it was. That's how close it was. And it was supposed to have been done so quickly. Like that's how, it's not like they are going between Mauritius and Deben or Madagascar and Deben. That's how close it was. Yet an hour long trip becomes almost a nine hour trip. This is us now. We've processed a claim. Something that was supposed to take less than a month, it goes to approximately two months. And in that point in time, the red dot by Bethsaida, this is where Jesus is standing. He sees them. Have you ever been in that situation? Are you in that situation where like, Lord, I should have been here by now. I should have been promoted by now. I should have passed by now. I should have had this money by now. I shouldn't be where I am by now, but you are still there. But in that place where you are, it, it, it just gets worse. You are also tired. You are also feeling hopeless. You don't know what's going to happen next. The miracle is coming. We haven't seen the miracle yet. We are still zooming in. Hallelujah. In a short distance. Like, there are people, there are people I know, including myself, we have been in some positions we are in for more than six, seven years, eight, ten years in our careers. And we are, we are complaining that I should have, and there are people who have just started working three years down the line, the next thing this person is a manager, the next thing is a senior manager, the next thing, life is just happening and everything is like, everything is just passing here. They are passing, they are graduating, 
the businesses are prospering you've been in business for the past five to ten years he or she three years but he's funding your business lord what is happening I had it all. The pastors have been praying for me. So-and-so has been praying for me. I've got great advice. I'm married to so-and-so. Do you know who I am, Jesus? But it's passing you. Oh. Oh, it can get bad. And for some of us, we start this year in that place. We should have been there by now. You should have been there now. You've been... (laughs) I've married you for so many years, you're still not patient. After nine years, you're still not patient. Ten years, you're still not patient. Like, ten years. <laughs> what is happening? Why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? Pray to Jesus, baby. Pray to Jesus. I'm going to get there. No, so, so we, we've been there. We've been there. By now we should be here. By now we should be having this house. We should be having this car. We have the finances to do it, but we are stuck. Every time we just keep trying to move, something just stops. Gale force, bah. Wind, bah. We just, we, we are still there. But yet when you look, you are like, it's just here. What's taking so long? When they tell you about their testimonies, it was so easy. Why is it not easy for me, Lord? The miracle is coming. We are trusting God for miracles. The miracle is coming. Even if you go through that this year, I want you to remember that a miracle is coming. The beautiful thing about this miracle and in this scenario, the miracle is praying. Hallelujah. The miracle is praying in a mountain in Galilee. The Bible says, the Bible says, let's just, let, let's just keep going. Mark 6. Go to Mark 6 47 very quickly. It says... Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples training at the oars because the wind was against them. When they had rowed, next slide, when they had rowed about 4.8 kilometers or 6.4, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. They were frightened. But there's, there's a passage I'm missing here on my notes, but I think Mark or Matthew records it. He says, Jesus saw them. On the fourth watch, the Bible says he saw them. So he was, he was standing on a hill and he had sight. He could see them. First watch, he saw them. Second watch, he saw you. Third watch, he saw you. Fourth watch, he's like, now I'm coming in. I don't know what your fourth watch is. I don't know if your fourth watch is still coming. Maybe on the third watch or the second watch. But the fourth watch, Jesus said, I'm coming. Jesus said, I'm coming. The fourth watch is the last watch. We are going to sunrise. And Jesus says, I started this. I'm going to finish this. These guys have not given up in the sea. They have not thrown their rowing sticks. They have not fighted against each other. They have stood on what God had said to them. Are you standing on what God said to you? On that first watch, are you standing on what God said to you? Are you standing on what God said to you on the second watch? Third watch, are you standing on what God said to you? What did God say to you from the first place? Do you know what God said to you from the first place? 
There's a friend of mine who once preached here and he said, we are, we are capable of putting ourselves in a trap without God intervening. Are you in a trap or in what God said to you? And if you are in a trap, this morning I want you to get out and hear what the Lord is saying about your life. Because we cannot be Christians and, and go through easy into jail. But there's something powerful when we go through things knowing that Jesus said go. Did Jesus say go? Did Jesus say go? If he said go, where did he say go? Who did he say pray for? Who did he say sit next to? Or are you sitting next to this person because you saw convenience and now you are in the first watch, you are in the second watch and you are in the wrong place? Where did Jesus say go? And at this point, we know that Jesus is watching them. The beauty of this, Mazalwane, when Jesus says go, hey, hallelujah, the Bible says, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. So at this time, he's standing, I am with you, but I am not there. You don't see me, but I am with you. Because I'm the one who said go. Because he is true to his word. Hey. Hallelujah. He is so true to his word. He is so true to his word. For his name's sake, he cannot withdraw what he said. So because he said it, he will finish it. So, Bazalwane, I don't know where you are. I don't know how you started the year. But this morning, I want to say, hold on to what God has said to you. Hold on to what God has said to you. Hold on to what God has said to you. Stand firm on his word. He has said you are the chosen generation. Stand on that. Stand on that. If you didn't hear him, you, he said you are the apple of God's eye. Stand on the fact that I am the apple of God's eye. Until you hear him saying, go there. He was praying. He was praying. And the Lord is praying. The Bible says he intercedes on our behalf. You have not even prayed. He is interceding on your behalf right now. There is no sign of the disciples at this point saying, I am stressed, I am worried, I am torn, I am numb. There is no sign of that. There is no record of that at this point. And that's one of the things we can take from the disciples right now that I would say they are calm. Can we be calm and collected in the storms this year, Basalwan? Can we trust God that, Lord, this year, I'm going to be triple C, come collected and all those C's that are related to come, but I'm just going to be calm. Can we aim for that this year? That, because storms are going to come. <laughs> storms are going to come. Some storms are being cooked right now. But the difference about you is that you are storm-proof. But you're not free from the storm, but you've got proof. You are storm proof. You've got an intercessor on your behalf. Let's keep going. I need to wrap up. So the miracle is coming. Jesus is praying. He's been praying. He saw them. He sees you. He sees you. I see you, Slee. He will come. He is coming. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus sees them. John 6, 19. When they had rowed 4.8 kilometers, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. They were frightened. Now, this meant, now Jesus 
starts coming. Now this is the miracle. Say miracle. Now this is the miracle. Jesus is walking on water. Now this water, there's a gale force wind. So it's not just the water. The gale force wind in the sea. Now there's a different wind force of a wind and a wind on land. Now I'll leave you to test the difference live. But right now there's a difference. That's all we need to know. Now, Jesus is going up against this wind. So, I'm trying to imagine that process. I'm thinking maybe where he was walking, it was just clear. But I, I, I can't, I don't want to believe that. So, right now, I'm thinking he's going through against this wind. And these guys are 6.6 kilometers away. He's been walking for 6.6 kilometers. He didn't just fly there. I think the author would have told us that's passed away, right? So, at this point, he walked. Now, once again, at that moment, we're panicking. Where, what can we do? Where can we get this money? We can't do that. He's walking. Where is he walking? On water. Coming to you? To who? I mean, coming to you. Where's George? George, George, come, come. Coming to who? To you. On water. By the time you see him next to you, Babylon, I mean, he's been walking already. He has been opposing geography already. He has been opposing the wind already. He has not just been opposing the wind. He has been praying already. And he knows that at the right time he's going to get to you. At the right time, before this gale force wind does anything, he will be there just at the right time. And I know many of us, at the right time, at the last moment, we've seen a miracle. Many of us here can testify of that. And if you've never, I just want to say there's a miracle coming. It's walking on water right now. It is walking the 6.6 kilometers. It is covering the ground you have covered. It is walking against the wind you have walked onto. It is coming. Hold on. Do not throw your rowing sticks. Do not start fighting the people in your circle right now. Because it is coming. The disciples were united in the boat. The disciples were journeying together in the boat. Because they hold on what was said in the beginning in the beginning jesus said let us go across the lake the miracle is coming church the miracle is coming let us trust god let us stand firm on his word now this is what the miracle does now the miracle in this story is jesus say jesus, jesus. now he gets to them and then he says in verse 20 it is i don't be afraid now, before this, the Bible says they were terrified. Hey, Mazalwan, before they were terrified, they were not terrified of the storm. It's the first time they are terrified when they see a ghost look alike. They were not terrified of the storm. They were not terrified about anything prior that. Hallelujah. Now they see Jesus and then they are terrified because they thought he was a ghost. We're not going to go on that territory terri what, what, right now. But this is what Jesus says, says, it is I. Don't be afraid. This I is the same I that was used in the book of Exodus. When God introduces himself to Moses and he says, I am. So Jesus at this point introduces himself as God to his disciples. And I ask myself, Pastor, and I'm like, I'm like, no, no, wait, wait. I'm like, why now? You've been doing every miracle, but at this point, you introduce yourself as I am. 
What took you so long? Why them? What was so special about the disciples? Why did you not do that when you turned water to wine? Why did you not do that with the 5,000? Do you know why? Because they were his disciples. Because he had chosen them. Do you know what's happening right now? We are his disciples. He has chosen us. And God says to me, Danam, I reveal myself to my disciples. That is why in Matthew 28, I say to you, go make disciples. Because that is where I reveal who I am. That is where I reveal my fullness. To everyone, I'm going to make miracles. To everyone, I'm going to just turn water to wine. To everyone, I'm just going to turn loaves. To everyone, I'm going to heal. But to you, you will see me. The miracle worker. You will get to know who I am. Because if you know who I am, there is no storm in your life. Then Jesus then says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. I'm like, Lord, oh, makes sense now. Because you want to reveal yourself in disciples. Because you want your disciples to know you. Matthew 28 says, make, go ye therefore, make disciples in all nations. Not churchgoers. Not, not just people who just know me, but disciples. So the miracle here is God making himself known to the disciples. That's the miracle. It is at this point. It is at this point, Slee. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting down, Slee. The Lord is good. It is at this point. Matthew 14, 13. Next slide. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him. What did they say? Son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. This is the first time whoever was speaking on their behalf, at least they agreed on one thing. Truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. No confusion of who Jesus was. No confusion of who God was. Truly, you are the son of God. We look at John 6, 68. Now, John 6, 68, they've landed, they're on the land, they've arrived, and some disciples walk away, and Peter here says, that worship song, Sunday, Peter here says, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. To whom shall we go? Because it is at this point the disciples have seen him fully. They know that the start and the finish is here. So if I have him, I've got everything. Nothing. The creator of universe, my father, the son in him, the whole, everything, the whole package is here. Nothing can stop me. The same, the same one who has plans for me to prosper is here in my boat. Peter makes it very clear. Uti, to whom shall I go? That is why, church, when we stand on this word, it's because we have seen God. And the question is, have you seen God? Have you seen him as a father? Have you seen him? Have you experienced God for your life alone, you? Or you've seen him doing wonders around you? Yes, I get that. You probably have, but do you know him for yourself? 
Can you stand like Peter here and say, to whom shall I go? When you no longer see any miracle, but I will stand here. Have you ever experienced Jesus like that? Have you ever experienced God like that? That noba kunga twani, noba church or no church? Me, I'm standing on this Jesus. Me, I'm standing on this God. Hallelujah. At this point, the disciples are transformed. Jesus is not only a prophet, but a holy one of God. What can we learn from the disciples' church? What can we learn? We've got to learn something. They listened. They were in a crowd, 5,000 plus men. In that point, Jesus says to them, go. Now, I don't know how they heard him among 5,000 people, but they listened to his voice. Are, are we listening to Jesus? Are we listening to God? Or we are just caught up? Are we listening to God? In the midst of picking up crumbs, putting in a basket, Jesus says, go. In the midst of that confusion, prophet, prophet, he says, go. They listened. Are you listening? Can you grow in listening? Can you grow in listening this year? That Lord, I want you to reveal your fullness to me. I'm going to start listening. I'm going to start listening to you. Number two, they were obedient to his word. Obedience. We've touched a lot about this. I won't dwell much. Are we obedient? You know, when I say Jesus is Lord, it means what he says goes. Every time I say that, I declare to that situation at that point in time. That Lord, what are you saying? Is Jesus the Lord over your life? Or is it just a savior? Is it, is it just someone who died on the cross and that's it? Thank you. I appreciate that. Is it part of your life right now? Are you obedient to his word? He says forgive. Are you forgiving? He says forgive seven times, seven times, seven. Are you forgiving seven times, seven times? Are you forgiving? He says give. Are you giving? He says pray. Are you praying? They were obedient to the word of God. What is the word of God saying to you? Last one, they were united. They were united, irrespective of what they thought, but they showed unity in how they journeyed together. Are you united with the brethren around you? Are you united with your connect group members? Are you united within your own immediate family? The Bible says when two or more gather in my name, unity, there I'll be. These guys were united. We are learning from the disciples and how they got to that miracle. How they endured. How they persevered through that. God will not do something church here hasn't prepared you for. God will not allow you to go through something he's unable to carry you on. He sees you. He is watching you. He wanted the disciples to know him fully. Do you know him fully? Do you want to know him fully this morning? Have you met the father? Have you met I am? Have you met the father who loves you for who you are? Who you do not have to come to church to please him. But you come because you love him so much. Do you want to know him? And can you make a commitment this year? Because if we are going to trust God for miracles, we really have to go all out. What is a disciple? Maybe some of you are asking a disciple. It's just someone who follows Jesus. 
and who loves Jesus, fellowships with Jesus. That's a disciple. And more importantly, is also committed to Jesus' mission. Oh, Jesus, you're feeding people, I'm there. Oh, Jesus, you're doing work in my workplace, I'm there. That's a disciple. Do you need someone to serve in church? I'm there. He is committed to Jesus' agenda. Jesus, where are you tomorrow? Okay, I'm there, Lord. That's a disciple. I'm following you, Jesus, wherever you go. Okay, Lord, you want me to raise the kids like this? Okay, let's raise them like that. That's a disciple. Or you want me to be like this in my academics? Okay, Lord, it's fine. I'm going to help other people as much as busy as I am. That's Jesus. That's a disciple. He does what Jesus says he must do. Let us stand, church. Ushers, you can prepare the communion. Bazalwane, in this story, in this story, one of the things we see is Jesus wanted to be known by the disciples for who he was, not the crowd. Jesus does a miracle of this nature to his disciples, not the crowd. If you think you've seen Jesus here, I would say we're a crowd at this point. But you personally as a disciple, have you seen Jesus in your life? Have you seen? Jesus wants to be known by you. He wants you to know him for who he is. Not churchgoers, but his disciples. Yes, he will do signs. He will definitely do wonders around you and for you. But beyond that, he wants you to know him for who he is. So that he will receive, reveal himself fully. We will not have a storm-free life, church. We have been preaching about miracles and we probably have two more to go. But one thing we know right now, some of us do know that we go rough right now. Some of us just faced out of a storm. There's a rainbow. There's a sun. It's good. Some of us are going to go through a storm. And right now we're going to have communion. And one of the questions I want us to ask ourselves is, do you know Jesus for yourself? The communion we're about to receive right now, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And some of you I know right now, probably you do not know Jesus that well. And it's okay for you not to participate if you are feeling uncomfortable at this point. But for us who will participate, we do communion in remembrance of Jesus. So we're going to take communion. After we've taken communion, we're going to pray. And if there's someone here who does not know Jesus, who does not know God, who hasn't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we're going to pray. And if you also want to make a recommitment that, Lord, I want these miracles, I want you, we're going to pray. But right now, we're going to take communion. And the Bible says, and when he had given thanks, let's take the bread. 1 Corinthians 11, 24 says, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Let us break it. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us have the bread. Father, we thank you for your bread. We thank you for your body. And this morning we remember you. You walked on that water. You walked against all. We remember, Lord. You died for us on the cross. We remember in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your body. And then it says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us have Verse 26 then says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for this cup. We thank you for this reminder. We thank you for giving us a command to always do this in remembrance of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your blood. We thank you for your body in Jesus' name. For tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.